I tried in every opportunity to convey that to our students, that your discipline is not narrow. You're learning a, a really a foundation for engineering. You can do anything after that, mm-hmm. depending on what you're interested in. So you're not really locked into whether the discipline appears to be. Right. And I'm an example of, of that. Welcome to Far and Widener, a podcast that explores the far-reaching impact and influence of Widener University and its alumni. At Far and Widener, you'll hear engaging conversations with fascinating alumni, educators, researchers, and industry professionals about the many ways the Widener community strives to shape tomorrow's leaders. Thanks for listening and enjoy the episode. Welcome to Far and Widener. My name is Marcus Bagby, and today I'm joined by Dean Fred Ackle of the School of Engineering, a long-tenured and storied professor and dean going on 25 years, who is now going to be retiring soon. Very nice to see you, sir. How are you doing today? I'm doing fine. Thank you very much, Marcus. Thanks for having me. Our pleasure. Thank you so much. So I see that you had your PhD in civil engineering in 1979 from the University of Calgary. So you've been part of engineering a long, long time. How did you get there? Well, it started growing up in... uh, in Egypt and um, looking at all the kind of all kind of constructions and projects that were going on, I was good in math and science all my grade school and either medical school or engineering were kind of options available to me and then uh, uh, ended up being an engineering because I wanted to create things I wanted to improve lives I wanted to work with teams and so on Wow. So from Egypt, you went to Canada, or did you travel around a bit first? No, my travels took me around the world, literally. Uh, From Egypt, I went to the Netherlands for one year of study. And then from there, it was uh, to Canada for my master's and PhD. And uh, then I came to the United States in 1979, Hmm. uh, shortly after graduation from uh, University of Calgary. Oh, wow. And so then you had several faculty positions around other universities around the country uh, and a professional career outside of academia. Uh, correct, yeah. I, I really enjoyed working in academia. That was my goal as a, as a young kid in college uh, back in Egypt. Uh, that was my dream job. But also in addition to that, I did consulting even when I was early in my career. And I wanted to do that as well as a faculty member. So uh, jobs in California and Ohio and Louisiana and here in Pennsylvania. So it gave me a broad perspective about how the global engineering world works and how, and especially also within the United States, different cultures, different uh, settings, different universities of different sizes and so on. So that allowed me really to get a broad perspective about what engineering is all about uh, in a global sense. And so I even saw that you did some research collaboration with NASA's Glenn Research Center and Johnson Space Center. So tell me (laughs) about that. What were you working on with them, if you can share? Yeah, that was a fantastic experience for me for many years, uh, over 10 years, 12 years or so. but typically, NASA doesn't hire or engage civil engineers, usually other, other uh, disciplines. But my work was primarily in uh, supercomputing as well as vibration analysis. Wow. And uh, I approached them back then uh, when I was working at Ohio University, and I just shared with them what I do and is there any interest in uh, you know collaboration and they said yes so uh, relationships started back in the 80s and continued for a long time 
my students were involved as well. Wow. So uh, many of our, my students actually worked for NASA with me over the summer or during sabbatical uh, years. When I moved from Ohio to Louisiana Tech University, NASA Johnson Space Center became more convenient for me. Mm-hmm. And there was the, really the thrill of working with NASA at, at its peak because they were mission-driven. At the time, they were actually working on the, the space station. Mm-hmm. Uh, at that time, there was only the Russian Mir space station right. in space. And we had the space shuttle. And they wanted to do some research ahead of allowing the uh, space shuttle to, to dock with the Mir space station. So that uh, is a story by itself because it was uh, very exciting research on on land in a simulated environment mm-hmm. uh, at NASA Space Center, as well as getting measurements from space as a space shuttle approached the space station early right. on, just to see how the two vehicles are going to vibrate relative to each other's and how the process of uh, really docking is going to work without, we didn't have, a, a, there was automation at the time, uh, but not the same level of automation that we have right now. Right. That was the the peak of my uh, involvement in NASA. Uh, so as you shared there, you don't really go to civil engineers very much. So does that kind of experience change how you viewed civil engineering in general? And how do you go from there to end up here at Widener yeah, it did. It did change my perspective generally about engineering because, and I, I tried in every opportunity to convey that to our students that your discipline is not narrow. You have a, you're learning a, a really a foundation for engineering. You can do anything after that, depending mm-hmm. on what you're interested in. So you're not really locked into whether the discipline appears to be right. And I'm an example of, of that, and there are other examples also among the faculty. So to me, that was uh, an opportunity to see what the basic engineering principles and all of what we learned can be applied in many, uh, many other fields. Right. So uh, uh, fast forward, being a, a professor and being a dean, that allowed me to actually to impart on the students that view and then to give them a real life example of someone whose career really took because i did projects for the navy i did project for uh, nasa as you mentioned and uh, and i did projects for all kind of areas that really not necessarily typically civil engineering right yeah so then you arrived in at widener back when in 1998. okay so you came here you were made the dean in 1998 and you came here for that position correct okay great yeah so then I see that in 2000, you launched the Engineering Honors Program, as well as something called the Living Learning Communities for Engineering Students. Correct. What was that program? The Engineering Honors Program is really was meant to uh, give the students who are really uh, advanced in their academic preparation an opportunity to learn more. But unlike traditional Engineering Honors Programs elsewhere, where the focus is only on the academics, we use that as an opportunity to broaden their horizon. So they are required to take courses, a course in business, in the business school. And they are required to do uh, volunteer work in the community. Civic engagement is part of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, leadership. So it's not just limited to take advanced courses and to get a high GPA and to be really isolated and insulated. It's part of what Widener is really all about, and that is to develop the whole person right. uh, by the time they graduate. 
And so then the living learning communities, what, what's that aspect? The living learning community, the impetus for that was really to create a, uh, a strong sense of community and belonging among engineering students. Engineering is a demanding discipline. The hurdles in early on in math and science can discourage students from continuing in the engineering education line. Mm-hmm. So to be able to uh, be in, a, in the same setting and then be able to be with your cohorts. And in addition to that, we organized activities for them after uh, the end of the day where they meet with faculty, they meet with, with alumni, mm-hmm. And we also arrange for them to go on excursions off campus uh, down to D.C. or up to New York or surrounding areas here, really to look at, for example, to go to a a theater, a chemical center, for example, and to go beyond the scene, beyond what you would see if you're sitting in a chair and watching a show, (laughs) and to see behind all of that what all the other engineering that really has to be done and maintained in order to deliver a production. And the blending of disciplines, because you have acoustic engineering. Exactly, exactly. So that had a tremendous impact on uh, retention of students. So we we looked at how the retention of students who are in the living learning community versus not, and we collected data over years and they were always retained at a much higher rate than students who are not by up to 10% higher, which is uh, significant, uh, very margin, yeah. So uh, our aim is to make that available to all the students that we have here. Well, yeah. kind of reminds me of like Harry Potter, like, you know, Hufflepuff and Gryffindor, because you have your, you know, the folks that are aligned with your passions and academic pursuits, right. supporting one another and being right. able to kind of keep each other motivated. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. And so then in 2011, you established the biomedical engineering major. Uh, jumping ahead a little further from that, you launched the region's only robotics engineering major in 2018. So you seem to have a very visionary approach to try to give opportunities across the broadband for students and everyone to benefit from. What's your guiding light with something like that? Did you see a trend in the market? Were people asking for it? Uh, Yes and yes. And really, it started way back then when I joined Widener, as I mentioned to you, in 1998. I saw that there is a great potential for this just by being in the metro area here, metro Philadelphia area. Yes, there are bigger, bigger universities, bigger engineering programs, and and so on. But we can make a contribution. And Widener has been, all the years I've been here, always uh, innovative. We always emphasize agility. We always emphasize uh, really change to better provide to the society around us and families and students and so on the best education possible in areas that are evolving and engineering has been evolving for ages and biomedical is a new field at the time Mm -hmm. and robotics is even newer when we started it and so we found that there is an opportunity there to really to meet demand that is out there and to be able to attract faculty in those fields that are by the nature of those disciplines they are interdisciplinary so they they are not the traditional civil mechanical and so on chemical and so mm-hmm. on they really draw from for example biomedical engineering faculty and students they work with nursing they, they work with medical schools they work with others as well they work with robotics now mm-hmm. and really to develop whatever are aiming to develop in terms of assistive devices and so on 
Robotics was really exciting because we could see the passion and the excitement of high school students when they come here and right. we do a camp, for example, and we include portion of it on robotics. And we know that robots will contribute to industries and societies and everyday life and so on. So it was very evident to me that this is an, our potential growth. We've established a foothold, then we will be first in the, in the market. That is the way to go, and we, we prove that this is the case. Right. Yeah. That's fantastic. Mm -hmm. So then over the course of your 25 years here at Widener, you've seen so many different changes through the profession, through academics. What would you say are some of the challenges then that have now been solved? And what do you see as future challenges and opportunities for the profession and in academia for engineering programs? The challenges then and, and still now is that the, uh, the high school education and maybe grade schools in general, they do not prepare students for rigor of math and science as much as we would uh, like to see. When the STEM education started to be something that is talked about in the media, talked about by politicians and so on and so forth, that was a turning point where there was many initiatives at the school level and mm -hmm. supported by the state and so on to uh, improve STEM education. So that has luckily changed. There is more interest now in engineering, there is more interest in math and science, and uh, we've run here uh, workshops for high school teachers and they would ask what is really important to prepare students for success right. in an engineering career. I would tell them that. But to their surprise, in addition to that, I would tell them language skills, ability mm. to write, ability to communicate. We need that because that's a very important part of, of being a, a productive engineer and successful engineer. So uh, the trajectory has been in the right direction as far as preparation of high school kids and, right. uh, yeah, and uh, for an engineering career. That is rewarding. We see increasing interest in engineering. For us at Widener here, we have programs that will prepare students who are not ready yet for engineering, but they are joining us as college students here, and they need some help in order to be able to pursue an engineering major. Right. Yeah. And there's a lot of a level of responsibility. You're building these things to serve the public, and it matters. You don't. You need to know what you're doing, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You have to have the confidence that. That bridge there or that airplane there is, is going to function. <laughs> it's going to do what it's supposed to do. <laughs> we appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> um, so how are things as far as opportunity and access, you know, diversity of engineering students? Are they not all school districts can provide the same opportunities and all that? What's being done to kind of address that? I mean, Widener is very much about trying to bring education excellence to as large of an audience as we can. So what do you think need, continues to be done for that? There is a need to identify where the gaps are because, we, we, first of all, we need to work with high schools to improve curricula and to prepare students better for whatever major or whatever career they are looking for. In addition to that, and we have done this here, we had summer programs to offer some developmental courses for students who are lacking the background who are coming from schools where the level of education is not as we would like it to be or the results of it is not as we would like it to be. 
there are other options too to have a longer engineering program or more longer than four years maybe four years and a half or five years if mm -hmm. uh, the funding can be identified from foundations or government agencies so the additional time here in college could actually be used effectively to bring anyone whatever their background is whatever the uh, challenges that they may have had uh, growing up or uh, going to a school that didn't really prepare them very well to be able to uh, get to the level of math competency and science competency to begin to pursue uh, engineering. The worst thing that can be done is to say, oh, you can join us and start your four-year program here with everybody else who is much better prepared than you are and then let's see if you're going to swim or sink. All right, that's right. not a good approach. That's not Widener. That's not a good approach, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. So then, you know, based on your time here, you've seen alumni go on to have careers and, you know, move on and all. Do you feel that your approach has been the right one? I mean, it seems to be based on everything I've researched and heard. Oh, my goodness, yes. One of the best feelings is when an alumni comes back, an alum comes back and say, thank you for the education I got here. They describe what kind of responsibility they mm -hmm. have now and uh, their success, whether they are leaders in industry or the community or leaders in government. They, I have seen our students compete against bigger and more resourced universities uh, around the area here or even around the nation. And they do very well. They compete and they do very well. Because, you know, it's not just engineering here, it's wider. Mm -hmm. We prepare students really to be confident, to know what they know, and to be able to use that knowledge, and to be able to recognize that they need to learn some more. Right. They need to continue to learn, actually. And they need to recognize that uh, working with others is a key to success moving forward. So... Their accomplishments, it's so impressive, and so it makes us all proud. And you can see the, the expression on faculty members' faces when someone comes back and uh, thank them about what they have done, right. and so on and so forth, and, and the surveys that we get from them as well. So we prepare here our students for whether they want to do grade school or they want to work in industry and be industry leaders and uh, they do very well. Many of them join programs out there for PhDs and so on. They do extremely very well. So, and this is really what have allowed us to uh, to grow over time with mm -hmm. enrollment and to grow our programs and be able to attract more students. Right. Well, I can hear the pride in your voice as you speak about it. As a dean, that's a hard gig. It's not always, you know, easy. What have you learned over the years? As it was one of your biggest takeaways, is how to maintain, thrive stay engaged, you know, what life lessons has being a dean for this long taught you and being a part of this community? That it really takes all of us to deliver a good quality education to students. It takes the staff at all levels. Mm -hmm. It takes the faculty. And that team effort and to be able to uh, share the credit, if you will, for the good results that comes out is the best formula for, for success. It's the best formula for allowing our students to achieve their best. Right. There's nothing better than that, in my opinion, to have people be self-motivated to do whatever it's necessary. Right. Yeah. And that has been constant over the years. And uh, the culture at Widener 
promotes that and the culture within engineering. And, you know, we compete, we compete with the outside world, we compete internally, but it's always that camaraderie and collegiality and uh, laser focus on success of the students that really uh, put us all in a position where we very easily work together. Uh, Everyone is different. Everyone has strength and we complement each other's skills and knowledge. And that's really what, at the very end, allow our students really t- to grow tremendously. We And we see that from the time they come in, they are, you know, this is a time when the freshmen are coming this week and next week to register for classes. They are green. They don't know, you know, they're mm-hmm. kind of wondering what's what the future will bring. And f- four years later, when we see them at senior project presentations, and they're looking very confident, they're looking very professional and very impressive and that's the result of all of what all I those mentioned. Yeah. I mentioned to you. Yeah. So then, as you're you know you're heading into your retirement, well deserved. What's that look like for you? You're gonna consult. You're gonna travel. You're gonna open a sub shop. Like, what are you gonna do? <laughs> <laughs> all of the above, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and some probably travel first. But uh, I'm gonna continue to be engaged. You know, uh-huh. uh, in anyway, I can make a contribution. I. I like to volunteer where I can make an impact. Over the last few years, actually, I developed an interest in uh, Civil War history beyond just casual interest. And that actually, by accident, just uh, evolved where one of our former presidents, uh, President Jim Harris, took the leadership team to Gettysburg College Mm -hmm. because at the time we were working on uh, developing a strategic plan and we they were doing some a few things there so we went there as a group and we met with them had discussions and so on and uh, then we spent an extra day touring the site there Gettysburg mm-hmm. uh, retired general was uh, hired by President Harris and gave us a very thorough tour and, and stories about what happened there and of course I've heard about the Civil War we all heard about the Civil War and what <laughs> right. happened and the tragedies and so on but being there in the field or the fields where the battles occurred. And that was uh, very moving for me. And and I went there on my own a couple more times mm-hmm. uh, just to learn more. And then from there, that's the rest is uh, continuing interest in visiting other sites, reading right. and learning. And, and one historian mentioned uh, in one of our episodes that I've watched on PBS is that the to understand the United States now is really to go back to the Civil War and understand all the dynamics and what led to it. And uh, not only that, but the reconstruction after the war Mm -hmm. and how all the politics had happened. Set the stage (laughs) for a lot of what we're dealing with. Yeah, for sure. sure. Yeah, so that's one thing that I would be, I'm actually doing a a tour of free sites uh, this, this August. I'll be doing some tours there so that's great yeah well (laughs) yeah it sounds like you got some fun times ahead (laughs) so you know i know that as you're leaving that they have created a scholarship in your honor and in your name the dean fred a ackle scholarship for engineering and this is to be used to help support students in the engineering program correct yes so all you've done all you've seen all you're going to remain engaged and all that what would you give as far as advice to an incoming student and or an incoming new dean Oh, uh, <laughs> and coming students, I would say just what we always say to them, you know, it's learning is a two-way street. Be engaged. 
don't just be a bookworm, you know, engage in campus uh, life and mm -hmm. learn, learn from others. You are going to be a member of their, one of the best, uh, most exciting professions. And it, it prepares you to do anything after that. You don't have to be an engineer, technical engineer for the rest of your life. You can do other things as well. And, you know, learn to uh, enjoy life and be a good citizen. Uh, as a, yeah. you know, while you're here and, and elsewhere. And as I mentioned in a couple of times when uh, we addressed the graduates at, uh, at commencement, that just be confident out there, but uh, be kind and to the less fortunate and help and so on. Right. Uh, to the new dean, I would say you really hit the jackpot. This is a great place to work. That's great. Enjoy it and she will have a great team for sure. There's no doubt about my mind. They're always looking for growth. They're always looking for being recognized. They're looking for excellence. They're looking for compete to get research grants from various places from around, the, you know, whether federal or state. And they do that because they want to have the students involved as well. Mm -hmm. But they never forget that teaching is number one. Right. In a nutshell, it's a wonderful opportunity to be a dean at this time in the history of the School of Engineering and the history of Widener. Thank you so much for making the time to talk with us today. This has been a real honor. And congratulations and enjoy your retirement. I'm glad to hear that you'll be around and engaged. So we'll get to see you some more. But this has been a, a treat. Thank you very much, Marcus. I really enjoyed talking to you. And I wish you the very best. We'll have to do it again here by your sub shop. <laughs> <laughs> so again, the scholarship is the Dean Fred A. Aqua Scholarship for Engineering. If you'd like to support this scholarship, please visit rebrand.ly slash fredackle23, and you can make a gift in honor of Dean Ackle. This is Marcus Bagby with Far and Widener. Till next time. Far and Widener is produced by Widener University's Advancement Staff. To learn more about Widener University, visit widener.edu. If you like the show, please help us and show your support. Subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. We'd love to know what you think of this episode and our program. Alumni, we want to hear from you. If your Widener education started you on a path to something you never imagined, or you want to share your experience and expertise, you could be a future guest on the show. Just send an email to widenerpodcast at widener.edu. Thanks for listening. <laughs>